Hi, green team. Welcome back. Today, you're going to meet somebody that I came across from a local Facebook community page, which is always like a hit and miss sometimes is your like neighborhood community page. But Taylor had a post on this page that caught my attention because she started a cut flower garden and a full community seed exchange right in her front yard. Today, we're going to talk to you, Taylor. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so excited. Um, We're going to tell everybody like what a community exchange is, how to maintain it, what it's like having that in your front yard, because that's not a normal thing to maintain, how to maintain it, how it can have a positive impact in your neck of the woods. And you just get to meet Taylor, who absolutely just by embarking on such a project. She embodies what we love about going green here at Love the Green Life. It's one small change at a time. All right, green team, let's get started. Hi, I'm Jess Taylor. And I'm Natalie Ringeis. And we love the green life. Welcome to our podcast. We are both teachers, mamas, nature lovers, and passionate about changing the world we live in and helping to save the planet by inspiring others. Join us as we discuss practical ways to live a more sustainable, healthy, and green life for you, your family, and even your fur babies. Love the Green Life is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that promotes cruelty-free, chemical-free, and compassionate living. You can learn more about us and what we do at lovethegreenlife.org and on Facebook and Instagram at lovethegreenlife.org. Are you ready to take the next step in your green journey? Well, you are in luck because we have officially relaunched our plant power program and we are so ready to work with you. Whether you are somebody who wants to cut out harmful chemicals from your food and need help understanding ingredients and labels, or you're just wanting help in reaching your goals, breaking some habits, and even if you are already on an alternative diet like being a vegan or gluten-free, dairy-free, any of those things, and you just need some help with meal planning and navigating some social aspects. This program is for everyone. It's a 13-week lifestyle program. It is not a weight loss program or a nutrition course. It's not designed to turn you into a vegan. It is a program designed to help you live a better, healthier, and greener life and eat cleaner with some more veggies in it. We do this in a way that makes sense for busy families and to fit into your daily life to help you succeed at it. We have added some great features to our program. We're so excited about this relaunch. You will get all 13 modules with weekly doable action steps, community support, bi-weekly Q&A office hours where you get to ask us any questions you have and you can get the help and support that you need on what you specifically have going on in your life. You will also get two one-on-one calls with us so we can support you with your specific goals. In Plant Power, you will be meal planning like a pro. You'll be setting goals and changing habits, shopping smarter, learning about healthy swaps, and getting some great recipes for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks too. We are so excited to say that Plant Power is now up and accepting new members. It truly is an honor to be able to go on this journey with you. To learn more about Plant Power, apply and sign up, head to lovethegreenlife.org slash plantpower for all the details. 
And make sure if you are not already on our email list to head to lovethegreenlife.org and get on our email list. This way you will have up-to-date information as we roll out more. And you'll even get a plant-based journey guide just for signing up for our email list. We are so looking forward to working with you and helping you truly love the green life. Taylor, we're so glad you're here. This is so cool. Jess, have you ever gotten seeds from a seed exchange? I have actually. I went to a wellness fair and the I think it was the Cleveland Seed Bank was mm-hmm. there. And so we got some seeds for, I have a huge wildflower bed out by the road. It's the only spot in my yard that gets a lot of sun. So all my sunflowers go out there. <laughs> And so we got some seeds for out there. And actually what's funny is that we're talking about this today is right before this, my son and I were doing some seed starters today. So he was planting little seed starters in a egg carton and we marked them and he has a little chart so we can watch them grow. So yeah, we were prepping for this episode right before. No, I went to a native plant festival this past weekend where they weren't exchanging, but they were selling specifically Mm -hmm. Ohio native plants. And then they had a bunch of speakers and gardeners there to kind of teach people on how to use native plants in Ohio. But this idea of a seed exchange, how did you get to this place, Taylor? Like what, tell us your green journey. How did you get into having a seed exchange and a cut flower garden too? Because you kind of have two in one over there. Right. So I started the cut flower garden in 2019. So it's been expanding every single year. It started little. I kind of grew up with flowers. I think uh, my mom and dad had a big garden. My mom always had big flowers. My dad had big tomatoes. So it was always there. I kind of always wanted to have a big garden. And then when my husband and I purchased our house, I decided to pull up some grass, get some new soil and put some seeds down. So this all kind of started with a packet of seeds. So every year we have banded our garden. And now this year we put in over a hundred thousand seeds in the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are zinnia seeds, sunflower seeds, wildflower seeds, anything that I can really cut and give into a bouquet. So that started. And then this past year, kind of with COVID and everything happening last year, I decided to do a $5 mason jar delivery. And I had so many people that wanted, which is such a cute idea. Yeah. I could not keep up with it. I had hundreds and hundreds of women, husbands that wanted to deliver flowers to their wife or daughters. Or So I decided that because of this day and age that I needed to put a flower stand out on my property. So I am right on Manchester Road. And last year I started to do a flower stand. It's self-serve. You can come get, I have different varieties. I do some in mason jars. I'm going to do this year, some big flower bouquets and also just regular wrapped bouquets. But the seed exchange came because actually up the road from us, there's a lady that has a little um, box and she does books. I don't know if you ever guys have ever mm-hmm. seen oh, the book. The little library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's right up the road from us. And I love going up there because my husband always stops and looks at books too. And so I thought, what could I do in my garden that I love so much that I could share with my community? And so that's where I came up with seeds. That's the most beautiful story ever. (laughs) I love it so much. I really like this year. I've had a lot of women stop the other day. I think three women stopped at one time just so they could see the seed exchange. They all wanted to come at one time. Don't have to leave them. If you don't have seeds to provide, that's okay. Just come take what you can't, you know, what you want in your garden, make your garden more beautiful. 
Some people can't afford to buy flowers. Some people can't afford to buy seeds. So this is a good opportunity for people to come get seeds. Well, this is such a beautiful thing for the community. And you mentioned that it was in Manchester Road. Manchester Road is a extremely long street that kind of runs from Akron all south into Manchester, Ohio. Where are you on Manchester Road? So if if you're familiar with Pavs and St. Francis de Sales, I am right down the road from those two places. Which is literally right by where I grew up. There you go. I could ride my bike to that ice cream shop. I would ride my bike there when I was old enough. Nowadays, if my kids were like, can I, can I ride my bike on Manchester road to (laughs) get ice cream? I would tell my kids they're nuts, (laughs) but for some reason, (laughs) my parents were like, bye, here's money. (laughs) Yeah. Go get pistachio ice cream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. So I want to know you have the seed exchange. All right. So you put, you get a box, you get your little booth, you got your flowers going, you put seeds in there. How was it received? So we actually, the first couple of weeks that I had in there, I mean, seeds were flying in there. I think more people were putting seeds in there than they were taking out. Um, because so many people wanted to share their seeds with everybody else. Um, Which is a lovely problem to have a bit. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Have too many mm-hmm. Well, hey, it's better than them getting thrown away mm-hmm. or not being used. You know, somebody else can use them. So we've had everything from sunflowers. I have my zinnia seeds in there that I've taken from my last year flowers. I put them in there. We've had all, you know, vegetables, cucumbers. Um, Somebody brought in a bunch of beans. So we have beans. It's just been really cool to see what comes and what goes. That is so cool. So how has this impacted your daily life? I mean, this obviously isn't your job. Do you have to go out like and sort them? Have people Hmm. dropped off, you know, things that are not seeds? Like you have a bag of Legos sitting there one day. Like what's it like to maintain this in your yard no, no lego so far <laughs> okay <laughs> i know i was just gonna ask that same thing yeah i have just seen you know some people will randomly stop when i'm out in the yard and they always say hi or you know nice to meet you how'd you come across this and we talk about that but i haven't done it's very minimal maintenance i put the box out my husband helped me put it up we painted it. It's like a little mailbox and you just open the top of it, put your seeds in and go take the seeds out that you want. So I really haven't done any maintenance to it besides covering it. Um, when it rains, I want to try to keep those safe inside there. So if anybody sees, you know, the cover on it, when it's there, they can obviously take it off. It's just precautionary. So have you heard of any stories about how this seed exchange has affected the life the lives of, you know, the community, somebody coming back going, Oh my gosh, I grabbed your zinnia seeds and now this or anything like that. So I do have the Instagram page, which I kind of want people more to, I would love to see that from it. I would love to see people's flowers, you know, well, we're getting into the time now where things are going to start blooming, our vegetables Mm -hmm. are coming up. So I really hope that people go to that page and kind of leave, you know, comments and stuff to see what I could do for next year. Flowers still, we have some time. We still have time for some zinnias and time for sunflowers. But, you know, the one lady came and told me about how she is doing this garden for her grandchildren. So these seeds are going to help her grandchildren that have allergies. So she's planting the garden just for them. So I love hearing those little tiny stories about, you know, they're going to help kids or they're going, you know, they're going to start their kids with mm-hmm. creating gardens because I think starting young with the kids really helps them. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My kids and I, our new year's resolution was to get a thousand hours outside there this you year. Are. Have I been tr- keeping track? <laughs> <laughs> 
we're doing okay. There's probably times where I've rounded up or down. <laughs> up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But that's our goal that we we're trying to get outside more and things like that. And I think especially with in this day and age, kids need ground time. They need dirt yeah. time. They need mm-hmm. dirt time. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely, I definitely feel better after that long winter and putting my hands in dirt. I must say, I don't always wear gloves because I love getting the dirt under my fingernails. I think it just makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I spent all weekend planting. We, I went and got plants. I got plants from a family member who was thinning out there, tons of cone flowers, which I was so mm-hmm. excited about, huge plants. Them daylilies and I still have a lot to plant, but I spent the whole weekend planting and it felt amazing after, like you said, after winter time. And I am somebody who diagnosed seasonal affective disorder really badly. And so it was like the first weekend that I got to spend the whole weekend outside just gardening. And it was incredible. And it's something that I can share with my son. And like Natalie and I both taught at a school that was very nature-based learning. Gardening happened there. And it's so different to see. Yeah. How year round, how the kids, you know, react to that. My son is his preschool that he just finished with, which makes me sad. They garden every year. He is going to the garden camp this summer though. So he loves it. He loves it. And he's only four. And so I think it is important to start that when they're young and get them used to that and learning about that. Now we can't have vegetable gardens here, which makes me very sad because we live in the woods and we have like two sunny spots. And last year I did get, I did try to do a tomato plant and it wasn't, I didn't have enough space. I did it in a big container and it just wasn't big enough. It grew up like all the way to the roof of the house <laughs> and produced two tomatoes. <laughs> Oh, like it grew so tall. I got it from your dad, Natalie. Oh man, it grew really What's big. Up with that? I don't know. I think the container wasn't big enough. That's what. Mm. But yeah. it was like right on my front porch because a little bit of sun comes like right there, and that's about it. So I wish I would love to have a huge vegetable garden. We started with we have eight raised beds in the back by our seed garden. So our whole front yard is full sun. So the flowers thrive, the zinnias and the sunflowers thrive. And then we do our eight raised beds and those have all of our vegetables in them too. I love when my niece and nephew come over because they, you know, want to pick everything. They want to pick the strawberries. They want to pick the raspberries. And I think that's, that's the most fun. I mean, I made dinner for my husband and I last night and I went and picked out the fresh lettuce for the garden for taco salads. Oh so yeah. Knowing it's coming from your garden and you get to eat it and it, just it tastes, tastes a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. I haven't had a restaurant tomato or like a fresh, like restaurant tomato or a tomato that wasn't, you know, maybe locally grown that I got like an Acme or something that I liked my whole life. Cause I've had garden tomatoes my yeah. whole life yeah. and they are a special, like my kids think that cherry tomatoes are like candy. That's like ah. the candy they get to, cause they get so sweet mm-hmm. and kale as well. I've grown kale, especially with my when I had elementary students, because it's a cold weather crop, you can start it really, really early and you can harvest it before the school year ends. All those lettuces and things can grow. And kale is actually extremely sweet. The first couple hours that you pick it and then all of those, you know, enzymes change and things can get quite bitter. And so to have kids that have never eaten kale before, you know, my kids would run out in the back and grab leaves and just be chomping. while they're playing with their friends, which is like, that's fun for me. (laughs) I feel like that's a parenting win. I do have a question. 
obviously you're supporting new gardeners and local gardeners and you're supporting just this garden culture that is I really feel is re-emerging right now I feel like um, you you mentioned how your family and your grandparents had gardens and things I feel like it kind of skipped a generation and now we are picking up on that mm-hmm. as as we and we're kind of pulling back going okay wait well, how did they do those things what mm-hmm. can others do to support their local gardens? You know, maybe they, you know, they can have their own seed exchange or what can people do? I think one of the easiest ways is go to farmer's market. We actually, in our area, have so many farmer's markets. People bring all of their stuff, you know, they're working so hard on this. And honestly, when I just see one person buy my flower bouquets, like it's totally worth everything. I love giving people flowers. But farmer's markets, like you said about the tomatoes, eating, you know, farm to table restaurants, Mm -hmm. local stands we have across the street from us. Actually, there's a people that drop off their honey and it's just a local stand, you know, put your money in, take your honey with you. So I think it is emerging. Like you said, everybody's trying to build these gardens, trying to bring it back into their kitchens. And I just think it starts from one little seed. Are you at a farmer's market? I am not yet, but this year I am looking to go to Hartville. I would love to go to Hartville flea market and put my flowers out there. Like I said, I'll do my booth out in the front of the house again. It is all self-serve, but this year I am going to keep busy. I have an upcoming wedding to do. Um, yeah, that was my first, yeah, yeah, that'll be my first for this, this time. Um, I have a wedding. I've done 90th birthday parties for ladies. I have done bridal showers, baby showers. Unfortunately, I've done funerals, taken big bouquets to lost ones. Um, even people that have lost their animals, that people come and ask me, you know, can I get a bouquet for my friend? You know, she recently lost her animal. And I think those flowers really help and they're very meaningful. Yeah, I was asking about the farmer's market because I'm in Kent, so I'm not in the same area as you guys, but we have a huge farmer's market. So even though I said I can't really grow very much here, it's just down the street. And so we go there often and there is a flower person there who does fresh cut flowers from her gardens and she gets up and does them first thing in the morning. And bring them and all summer I buy them and they last forever. So that's another thing like we've talked about with vegetables and fruit. You know, when you get from the store, it doesn't last as long because oh, oh, three days tops. Yeah, you have that time of it being trucked there and all of that. And it's the same thing with the flowers. You know, by the time the next week's farmer's market comes, I'm not even ready to get new ones yet because they still look great, which is amazing. That's why I was asking if you were at farmer's markets because she sells out every time. Like if you're not there early, you're not getting any because she's right. And they're gorgeous. I would love, there's a one in Barberton. There's a farmer's market. I would love to try to do that one too. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of, like I said, since last year was my first year, I'm just kind of getting the feel for what, what people really like. Last year, they loved the huge bouquets and I try to make them I do a large bouquet for $20 and it is, it has several, several flowers in it, several sunflowers, several zinnias, but it's funny. They'll be walking down the road and somebody will say, Hey, can I have a bouquet for, I have five bucks. What can I get with $5? (laughs) So I'll take them out a little Mason jar, you know, filled with flowers for them to take home. But it's just fun. I love meeting new people in the community. And I think it brings the community together. Now, like you said, it's not my full-time job. I do work Mm -hmm. eight to five jobs. So I am out there in the evenings. I am out there in the mornings. Like you said about cutting the flowers, it is first thing in the morning because if Mm -hmm. not, you are in that heat. So you want to cut them really early so they stay longer. 
Now, Jess, I was doing a little research for this episode and the Kent Free Library has a Kent Seed Library. And I threw up a couple links in our podcast notes. Akron Summit Public Library has a seed exchange. There's a Cleveland Seed Bank. And also there's like native plant and tree and seed sales with different county soil and water conservation districts. So there's the Portage Soil and Water Conservation District. There's a summit. There's a lake county. (laughs) So look into your soil and water conservation districts because they will have events where you can maybe get some native plants and things like that. Or I know, find Taylor, you know, come on over to Portage Lakes. You can grab some ice cream on the way. Pavs is a longstanding local ice creamery that I highly recommend. (laughs) So I love the idea of grabbing some, you know, seeds, flowers, and ice cream. That to me, okay, that's a day. (laughs) There you go. A lot of people come after, you know, and just a little bit farther down is Mueller Honeybee. If you keep going down toward New Franklin, she has homemade elderberry syrup and she has her own local honey products and things too, that I always, you know, try to snag when I'm near that way. All right, Taylor. So what should we ask you that we didn't think to ask? I feel like we've talked seeds out. Yes. <laughs> today. yes. We talked seeds. Uh-huh. That, what do you guys think? Do you have any questions about flowers? About Oh, I have a question. When I'm cutting flowers, am I supposed to cut them where the, there's like a knot? I never know whether to cut them like really low where it's like a straight piece of the stem or where there's like a knot with other leaves on them. Like where, where's the best place to cut a flower so that you're not like ruining it? And then is it true that you have to rip off the leaves before you put them in water? So I do rip off the leaves before I okay. put them in water. That's your preference. I mean, some people like the greenery. It makes the bouquet bigger. I do like the greenery too. Like I just picked fresh peonies yesterday and I kept the flowers on because I like the green, but I keep my my stems long unless I'm putting them in a mason jar I keep my stems short but if they're long I just cut them off right at the end and you cut them at a diagonal that's why I was just going to ask because I was going to say I always cut them at a diagonal and I was like is yes. that the correct <laughs> yep oh nice you cut them like that and it keeps them longer and then if you cool. um switch their water out every day they'll live even longer okay cool. my other question is do you have any like preservation tip to keep your cut bouquets to last longer I know sometimes if I have them out in the heat because we when we have like outdoor events and things I'll often my dad brings flowers and sometimes in the heat they just start to look sad and wilted even though they're in water do you have any tips for that yeah keep them away from the sun and if you're not using them put them in the fridge they like to be kept in the fridge. They like to be kept cold and that keeps them longer. So say I have I a lady come in at four o'clock to pick up a okay and I'm going to be out, you know, the day I'll go pick it out in the morning, put it in her vase and put it in the fridge. That makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. Why have I not thought of this, uh-huh. Jess? Yeah, I haven't either. But, you know, like now that I'm thinking about being like in a florist shop. They have, ref- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have the refrigerators that they will pull them out of. But yeah, I never thought of that in my own home. <laughs> they like yeah. to be kept cold. Yeah, this is all really interesting. My son, he always wants to know why we can't replant them after they're cut. (laughs) I wish. Yeah, like when they start to, you know, dry out and stuff, he's like, we got to get them replanted quick. I'm like, that doesn't work that way. So we're really talking about the flower life cycle right now. (laughs) Oh, I have a carnation. 
that my son brought home months ago and the flower had popped off on the bus and, but he was bound to determine that this was mine. And so I put it in water and it sprung a whole nother Uh section. And I don't know if there's going to be a flower on it or not right now. It just looks like plant is growing. I have a carnation plant happening, but my goodness, (laughs) I had just a green stem in a vase for months now on my windowsill because (laughs) that's what you do when you have a kindergartner. That's things huge we now, do. Though, propagating. <laughs> yeah. Propagating is another big thing that's coming around. A lot of people propagate their hydrangeas. Yes. Really any flower you can propagate, but that is huge. Yes. We have a family hydrangea that we've all started. I say we all, many people in my family have cuts of the same hydrangea. Mm-hmm. And it's also been really exciting because based on the soil content, that will determine the color of hydrangea that will bloom the flower that will bloom so we all have the same hydrangea um like host plant i guess but they the colors have all been different depending on the soil yeah (laughs) that's really cool i have two hydrangea plants they get enormous and they never have flowers ever you have to trim them back in the fall i do yep I, I don't know. Maybe they don't get enough sun. The mm. plant though is surviving really well. The sun's shining on it right now, but it's not like full, full sun all day long, but they've never had flowers, but the plant is enormous and healthy looking. So I, I now have a really pretty green shrub. It looks like, <laughs> you know, there is certain foods that you can get for hydrangeas. Certain foods help with getting the flowers green and making mm. the bushes grow. And then certain foods help with promoting blooms. Okay. Um, so if you get an acid plant-based food that will help get you some blooms. Thank you. Yeah. I, the azaleas do great. I have enormous azaleas and I mean, they're completely covered in flowers. They do wonderful in the same spot as where that is just that one has never had flowers and it's been there I think we planted the year we moved here and this is our eighth summer so oh so it's really been dormant for a while yeah Mm. I think I had flowers the first year and then after that it hasn't but the plant's surviving and it's like it looks gorgeous as a plant (laughs) so we'll take a look at it yeah interesting huh well Taylor thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your wonderful cut flower garden and seed exchange for us could you let everybody know that Instagram account so we can find you yeah so I am under the posy patch. I call my garden the posy patch. My mom as a child always called me her posy. My grandma called every flower, no matter what it was, a posy. So I called my garden the posy patch. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And then I also post to the Portage Lakes pages in the new Franklin page about when my flowers will be up and when they'll be ready. They're coming soon. The seeds are growing. Well, I can't wait to come by and visit. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Yeah. And we will put in the podcast description, we'll put the links to your social media pages. So that way people can just click on those and check it out. And I know we started to follow you on there. I was already looking at all your beautiful flowers because I love flower gardens. That's one of my favorite things about the summer is all of the flower gardens. Absolutely. I think I truly found my passion when I started growing flowers. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. We would love for you to follow us, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. Your support will help our nonprofit be able to do more good in the world. See you next time.